0: Hello and
2: welcome back to the Arash Marakazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined as always by Mr. Tim Lee and Mr. Brandon Deutsch. Guys, how we doing?
3: I'm good. I mean, uh, it's a good morning. I haven't been on for a while, so I'm excited to see what you guys have in store. Brandon said he had a lot to talk about, so... You know, obviously for that, I'm anticipating a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a... Uh, look, this is our... It's Wednesday, but there's going to be a lot this weekend to uncover, and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Lots going on in the NFL, the NBA, even college football. Obviously, with USC being in the top four, when you're in, um, although I I do think people are underestimating Utah a little bit as USC fans. Uh, you know, we did lose to them. They're yeah. they're a very gritty team. This is not going to be an easy win for for the Trojans. So I'm excited to get into that as well and kind of prepare our listeners. In case. I don't think we're going to lose, but it's going to be much closer than people think.
2: I mean, you guys lost by one. How much closer can it possibly be?
1: I know, but that was in Utah. And people are like, huh. oh, is but like Utah still has a lot to prove. They're a gritty team. They People were saying they were a top four team before the season. A lot of people were saying that because of their experience and cam rising. And USC is awful. Uh, against quarterbacks that, that can run, run the football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, th- that's one of those things where USC's going to need to score almost 50 points to win this game cause their def- and get a turnover. The one thing, the reason why they didn't win that Utah game in Utah is because they did not get that turnover, right? right? They usually win games off their that one turnover they get, whether it's a pick or a fumble, and they usually get it. Their defense is actually really good at getting turnovers. They didn't get it in Utah. Yeah. Um, I I do think Cam Rising does throw an interception this week, and USC wins by three.
3: I, w- but, I would just you know, say that I the consistency know. will probably come from the USC side. I mean, I don't think we're doubting that their offense is going to repeat the performance that we saw when they first matched up. It's whether or not Utah can keep up. I, that's Absolutely. That's my thought process to it. It's like they've been, like for at least for Utah's sake, for their season, offensively, they've been very inconsistent. So – it's just whether or not they can keep up. In my opinion, like they're the underdogs just based off of that fact. I, I think it's just like if they can stop USC, then okay, then the game will be a little bit closer. But if they can't, then we'll probably see something a little bit different from the first time they met up.
2: I mean what Absolutely. what are you guys what are you guys thinking about like def- defensively I mean, I mean I get it that you guys think that they just need to catch up right they're going to need to
1: they need the turnover yeah so you know? I mean
2: that's the, I think that's been everybody's concern alumni people that are SC fans that's been their concern the whole time the offense has never been the the issue really right yeah. it's always yeah. been the D so yeah. um, what other than getting that turnover who specifically needs to come and show up
1: um, defensively defensively I mean you need Gentry right I mean he, he's been a godsend for them he didn't play for a couple games I was I was uh, evident in the games that you know their defense did not play very well they're gonna need Corey Foreman to continue to step up I know he had an interception a couple of weeks ago they're just in the cornerbacks they did a good job last week they really have been beat a lot of time th- a lot of times this year They did a very good job, especially forcing that interception and everything last weekend against Notre Dame. We'll see if they can keep that up against, you know, the, the kryptonite of the Trojans, which is Del- Kincaid, you know, the receiver yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. Utah. I mean, the guy who I'll, cried, right? I'll, I believe. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this on, on prize picks. I'm taking everything Kincaid yards over 75 <laughs> over receptions. He had 17 receptions against USC last game, right? 17 as receptions over under six, right? Like I, mean, I think he's just going to kill them. We already know this. You know what I'm saying? I think even on narrative street, right? Wasn't it like
3: also senior day when Utah played them? I
1: don't know, but don't that was a game. So. That was a game. And something I also want to see is in the NFL, they talk a lot about Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys' discipline, right? A lot of times they had a lot of penalties early on in the season and preseason. They were like, oh, will this affect this team? They figured it out. They're, you know, what do they have? Three losses. That's it. They've been a very good football team. USC is very similar. The last time they played Utah, they would have had that interception, but there was a PI call. There was a roughing the passer call that really cost them. And, that was a problem. Penalties were a problem. It hasn't been in recent weeks as much, but I'll I'll be looking to that as well because I want to see a disciplined USC team that maybe only has one or two penalties the whole game. I know it's a lot to ask, but you're going to have to play almost a perfect football game to beat this Utah team that's going to want to spoil. Their season comes down to they know they want to be in the Rose Bowl if they win, and they want to just ruin SC's chances. That's what they're going to try and do. I just hope SC doesn't go into this game thinking, oh, you know, we're four. Caleb's got the Heisman on lock. let's see what happens you know because that's going to really bite them
2: I love your conspiracy. Like, I feel like you are a semi conspiracy theorist only when it comes to like SC and the Lakers, only those two teams, like everybody's against you guys. I'm not anti this theory. I'm just saying I find it really, really entertaining. Well, with the Lakers,
1: everyone is pretty much against <laughs> us except the, you know, Lakers Twitter. And I mean, I look, he, I, I said this on the radio a couple of weeks ago, and even Tim can agree. And he's not even a Lakers fan. He's a Pacers fan who, by the way, great core. I love the Pacers love their future. It must be nice being a Pacers fan with Halliburton, but the Lakers run the NBA media. They just do. Everyone talks about the Lakers, whether they're bad or good. Everyone wants to know about them, and I think that's what's caused... It's similar to the Yankees in baseball, right? Or the even if we talk about it in football terms, the Cowboys, you know, they're always in the media and it's like, dude, the Cowboys death taxes and them choking in the playoffs right every single year. Maybe this year is different but they're still going to talk about them. We know the Lakers aren't winning a championship this year, right? I mean, we can all agree on that. Maybe they, they get to the playoffs if they trade Westbrook and get a couple of pieces and they do a little something, but we know what's going to happen with this Lakers season. But they're still talking about them. It's the same thing with USC football now. Obviously, thank thank gosh we have Colin Coward who's you know didn't even go to SC but is a huge SC fan, really putting them was the first person to put them on national I, I recognition. Right. Go back to the original topic though. I mean, yeah, um, just to say what they need to
3: do defensively. It's up to like the scheme, right? I, I feel like. I know like NFL defenses don't really apply that greatly to college, but if they do a cover one bandit, right? Like They need to yeah. spy on the quarterback, like you mentioned before. I think that was the most correct thing you said in the lead. They this can't is, stop running quarterbacks. This what? is
2: hilarious. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but this is hilarious. So I just went on Bleacher Report and just found out who the top, according to Bleacher Report, who mm-hmm. the top three most hated teams are. Oh, well, do well, you I mean, want In guess? all of
1: sports? In all of sports. I would say. It's so only according to Bleacher Report, I, by the way. Though, I would so. say the, the Yankees, Lakers, and Cowboys. Okay, give me that order. Oh, well, that's, uh, it. Why is, like, I, Arsenal I would, it? I would, I would see, I would, I would say Yankees one, Lakers two, Cowboys three. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. It's like exact. It's whole. I just found it funny. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, it doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. A lot you of people, just go on Twitter. A lot of
3: people just don't like the Lakers mostly because of their fan base. I think for the most part, I mean, the fan base is for the, like notoriously, like they have a bad rap.
2: I mean, guess, it's, who, it's guess mostly who,
3: deserved though. I would, Here's I the thing, say guess, guess who number four and number five is though. Patriots? Nope. I thought it was gonna be like Arsenal specifically. Celtics? Nope. But you're closer. It's not national at all. It's it's no no no. This is regional. this is in the this is Oh Red Sox.
2: Yep. Okay. So number Red four Sox. is the Red Sox. Well
3: oh, then it's Patriots then.
2: And then no, no. N- guess what number five is?
1: Oh, that seems crazy. It, it's uh what sport? Football. I'll oh, give wow. you that much. That's oh, it. Oh wow. Um, that's why I said Patriots. Oh man. And it's not the Pats. That's forty Niners? No. Wow, who is it? It's Notre Dame. Oh, college football. Oh, yeah, that makes hey, sense. You just that football. Makes sense. I just football. That but, makes sense. But
2: here, but here's my thing is that like <laughs> I I get I get the regional part, right? The aspect of like why you would hate certain teams. Like Sox fans are Granted I get I get the whole 100-year thing and they like, finally got a, a a ring and all that other stuff and oh, you want for that, that now. and that yeah. But like <sighs> If you've ever met a Yankees fan, it's like the world only revolves around exactly.
4: that one I'd thing. Exactly. Much rather be
1: really annoying. much rather be locked in a room with a Red Sox fan than a Yankees Abso- fan absolutely. All, every all day every single day of the week. <laughs> I I think uh, it's I think it's just terrible now.
3: The Yankees have like had this resurgence. They used to have that little underdog mentality to it when they were just using their farm system. I know we're like completely off the reservation now, but I mean, yeah, I, would, I, I agree with Brandon. I would just be with a, a Red Sox fan 10 out of 10 at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: No, no, I'm dating a Red Sox fan. So okay. I, like, I, obviously I picked, and I used to date a uh, Yankees fan, really? by the way. You have yeah, a great so I, so so you know, were dating an
1: egomaniac before?
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm ego- joking.
1: joking. <laughs> you know,
2: oddly enough, no, he was not. He was not an egomaniac. He was very, very humble, but he was definitely a, uh, uh, we're gonna win the trophy every single time. You know, it's our I feel trophy, bad for I feel
1: bad for Mets fans, man. No, you don't. Oh,
2: uh, the stepchild of, of New York. I mean, and they, they, they no, don't, don't
1: win anything. I do. No, I really want, want them to win. Then, then why
2: would then then you should not be hating on like the fact that I'm celebrating my Clippers wins? Exactly. Well, because your, you're your stepchild. the stepchild. They're the
3: exact same team. They actually are the exact same team. Yeah, yeah, but you're
2: going to you're going di- to you're going to ding right back. I, I, don't, I
1: don't hate I don't hate the Clippers. I actually like the Clippers. I'm one of the few Lakers fans that really doesn't, you just obviously doesn't just have like a problem the with the you just cl- like the Lakers uh, more. Of,
3: course, of course. Of course,
1: but a lot of Lakers fans on Twitter, they do get that bad rap because they're yeah. always going after the Clippers and it's like, dude, it's like that insecurity situation. You don't have to go out after the Clippers. We have 17 titles. You, you can know celebrate what I mean? Both. You can uh, yeah. I don't know why the, everybody on Lakers Twitter is like, "Oh, screw the Clippers." And I do get what you're saying with a lot of the Lakers Twitter people saying the world revolves around us it's you know and they're so they're so uh hit or miss like we win a game we're winning the championship or we lose <laughs> we're done for the season you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so and you know the pages i'm talking about there and, and it's it, i get why why you say that i get why they not realistic fans either a lot of times we
3: we do probably have to talk about the lakers for a period as much as i don't want to do it as much as, but like man they are in a rough stretch yeah like I know they were like, oh, okay, well, we lost on a buzzer beater and everything like that. But if you look at their December schedule and the fact that they're playing, what, 16 road games? Oh, no, no, they're playing like Something 12 like like 16 on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And every single team that they're playing against is almost a playoff team. They're playing like a murderer's row of teams. I'm pretty sure the list yeah, is are they're Yeah,
2: playing, they're playing Milwaukee to start the month off. They're playing um, in Milwaukee. Well, they're playing...
1: Let's not look past the Blazers game. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, doing, right? I'm doing it past that. I'm just looking past just for December. All right, only, so once right? they lose tonight, then exactly. gonna, <laughs> <laughs> seven and
3: going 7-13, exactly. right? And then, we then, also then, talk about how this is the 15 the Lakers have faced on a back-to-back after they faced the Clippers. Is this like some sort of weird scheduling issue that the NBA well, had? That's,
1: yeah, look at how bad this basketball team is. And look, they have some great qualities. Anthony Davis is playing great. Lonnie Walker has been playing great. Austin Reeves, even Russ looked pretty good until the last last couple minutes last game but you can't beat the pacers when you're up 17 right. they're coming off of a back-to-back a back-to-back they're tired exactly. and they still come back and take the win from you yeah now I that's just, embarrassing I just i'm think sorry crazy. the
3: 15 to play on a back-to-back this feels like some sort of like hand me well isn't that embarrassing they're trying
1: to hand them wins and they still can't
3: yeah, win what, them that's kind of what i'm implying obviously yeah it's it just seems it is insane that they just can't seem to like get it done obviously they beat detroit but detroit's barely an nba team and yeah, like, and then so are
1: the Spurs now. The Spurs Barely quit. NBA yeah, team. exactly. They, 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 they quit, and we're seeing the Jazz start to tank. Right, right. Um. You know, but this schedule it's brutal. You're right. Mm-hmm. You got Bla- Blazers tonight. Right. Um, but at home. And yeah, and right. when the, when this airs on 1090, it'll be just about to be on at right, 7:30. Right. Uh, you got the Bucks. Right. Okay, that's, that's a loss. They're not, they're not going to beat the Bucs <laughs> in Milwaukee. We don't, we don't have to go one by one. Uh, but but well, you would hope some. that they would beat the Wizards. They're going to they're gonna beat the Wizards. The yeah. Wizards are starting to tank. One. They're starting to tank. The Cavaliers, they'll lose. The Raptors, well, we'll see LeBron, so they might have a chance. But see Occam's back, and that's going to be a top four team in the Eastern Conference. These
3: are all, these are all just really tough teams. 76ers, it,
1: they're going to beat. because I, I had it marked like Boston, Denver, Phoenix,
3: Sacramento, Dallas, Miami, Atlanta. These are all teams that they had potentially just are just going to struggle against because these are contenders there's well, I don't know their, if Miami's a contender this well, year. Well, they're, they're not that their good. playoff contenders, is what I should
1: illiter- uh, uh, reiterate. Instead. Yeah, yeah. As I mean, far as like contenders the, this, for
3: championships, there's only like two this or This would have been much
1: easier if they had just beaten the Pacers, because then their record would be eight and eleven. Yeah, you well, can, they, they would
2: be on a roll after that. Yeah, and you'd,
1: you'd be going into this Blazers game tonight thinking, okay. yo, we have some momentum. eighties mm-hmm. looking like the MVP of the league on both ends of the floor. He still kind of yeah, is, though. Yeah, but it's like it's like one player is not. Gonna, LeBron really cost him that game the other day. He did. If you look at the final six possessions of that Lakers game, even when they were starting to blow the lead. And this is the same thing that happened in that first Blazers game. Did you watch that one on Sunday? Mm. It was early on in the season where LeBron took some wild threes and, you know, these ISO moves and that dumb move where he looks down at the defender and the step back that everyone makes fun of on Twitter, that dumb move that he makes maybe once out of 10 times. I mean, people blame it on Russ, but it wasn't even look, that's on Darvin Ham to have Russell Westbrook in the game at that point. He did his job you need to sub him out for some defense when you're up by that much. At the same time, it's on LeBron. They lost that game. All he needed to do, you're so big and strong at six foot nine, what, 265, all muscle. Go to the rim, dude. You're bound to get fouled at one point, and guess what the percentages of that are? You're going to win because you're going to go to the free throw line at least make maybe four free throws, three or four free throws. That's the difference in that game.
2: Do you think that he's not doing that due to the fact that he's he is getting older, he is 20 years into the league, and it's like play smarter, not harder? Look, and like, a lot wanna- of those guys play... Play on the rim when they get older they don't play yes to the rim.
1: I think a lot of times LeBron is trying to get into a groove he was coming off that Spurs game where he was fantastic 39 points and I think he wanted to prove to himself he could hit one of those big time shots and he just didn't and it happens he's getting older but he needs to be smarter and get to the rim I know it's tougher on his body but they're gonna really need to if they don't pick up the wins in this tough part of the schedule their season is over well, I, think you it's, know? I think it's a conundrum mostly
3: because like, it was also game flow. Everything yeah. for the Lakers was positive momentum, right? We already saw like, tons of... Yeah. I mean, there was more yeah. dance moves than like, clutch shots in that, in that game. So, like, yeah,
1: I mean, the, the, the Grant was, Mona statistic that he sent, the Lakers yeah, okay. are 0-6 when Russell Westbrook rocks yeah, okay. the baby is hilarious. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> like, sense. I, I, I mean yeah. yeah. I, the, look, I love when Russ is having fun, and he's a better player when he's having fun, and he's far from the problem on the Lakers this I year. I think we can Absolutely. agree on that, yeah. but I mean... At some point, and this is why I I agree with Rob Palinka's patience right now is because you don't know what this team is going to be. What happens if you trade both picks for for your boys on the Pacers who might which, not who might not even do not, it? Which they around, will not because they're competing. Right? They're, they're, they're right? definitely not but because they're competing. They're not going to do that. But let's say they did right, and you trade both picks of the Pacers, right. and you get Healed and Turner, which is probably not happening at this point what you're still like seven and 13 you know what i'm saying you traded your future also, and you're not going to win this year you it know?
3: also doesn't solve that problem you mentioned too i mean like i I think i mentioned it before that lebron just can't blow past defenders anymore he just has yeah. no he has strength but he, he doesn't exactly. have that explosive first step speed that we're accustomed to seeing that's just no longer there and his bully ball that he used to do when he was playing in the post game, he has no one to pass it to. So, what's the point? There's no yeah. threat. So, yeah, I, that's, that's why. The okay, go-to so, move. so Tim,
1: let me get, let me give you a um, a scenario here. Let's say Utah continues to tank. I think the best move for the Lakers, if I'm Rob Polick, if I'm the GM of the Lakers, uh, I would. Call up the jazz and be like, What do you want for Malik Beasley? And this is why. I know he can be inconsistent at times. We saw him against the I don't know if you watched it, against the Clippers. He lost he lost them that game. But for the most part it's twenty five points, you know, seven threes sometimes, six five threes. That's the perfect fit alongside LeBron James, right? What do you think they would have to give to the Jazz for that? A protected pick? Because at this point, the Jazz are tanking.
3: I think if it wasn't Danny Ainge, I think if he didn't have a treasure trove of picks already, he doesn't need two first rounders in five years. Like, he doesn't need it from 2026. Well, I'm saying they wouldn't give
1: both picks for Beasley. I understand that. But, like, there's
3: just, in my opinion, there's no value for the Jazz to make a deal with the Lakers. They don't need any more picks. They have legitimate, like, 14 first round picks. I agree. It's okay. Like, well, and that's Beasley, a, that's Beasley's what, 23?
1: Yeah. So, so there's no reason to. Um, no, no, he's either. 25. He's 25. Is Remember he? he had that relationship with Larsa, ruined his marriage? That was, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, he was, I think like like 20, a he was
2: like 22 or 21 when that happened. What? Really? Yeah, like no,
1: so. he was, but his, then his wife left him.
2: I feel like he was 20, 21. <laughs> I think this was like a year ago. No, nah, nah, he's ago. 24. He's at
1: least 24. Look it up.
2: No, no, no. Oh, I know. I'm saying when he had the affair
1: with Larsa. It, it, no, he, that was like last year. Yeah, he was like 23. 20, Right? What is he? 24, right? 24, 25? He's 26. 26. Okay, so oh, wow. I was okay. closer. More, so. yeah, See? yeah,
3: yeah. So he on. would, he would so, fit in the plans of what you're mentioning. I just don't know what capital they can unload to get him.
1: You know what I mean? It's just... I mean, if you're Danny Ainge, why not? I mean, is, why not get a protected 27 pick? I mean, you don't need Malik Beasley. You're trying to lose. He helps you win. Right. I just, you know, know what I'm like, saying? If,
3: do you think the Lakers would give up a first round? There's no way they'd give up a first round. A sample. protected
1: pick? But for for Malik Beasley? I mean, they might not, but, like, but you're not going to trade Reeves because he's been fantastic. Right. Lonnie Walker, they're going to have to... Prioritize re-signing this. I offseason. just. I mean,
2: I feel like knowing the Lakers, they would get that. They would give something like that up. I'm already,
3: saying that's not. Like, that's not it that bad The part past. of a it's trade. It's not. It's not. It's just. That's why I mentioned the December stretch. It's like I think they got to wait till December and then they will realize that they're sellers. They're not buyers. This is not a buying year. I mean, yeah. obviously they have to keep up with the image. But, but
1: at like, this, at, that's a two-fold It's a two-fold situation, because at the same sure. time, this is the most wide uh, open NBA we've seen, right? At the
3: same time, yes. <laughs> but he, they're also at the stretch where the home games are no longer in their favor and the schedule is no longer easy. So the fact that they're at this point in time, as they are currently constructed, not doing well with yeah. the easy schedule that they have had given, right, like from the NBA, And they've had five almost, well, kind of the Blazers at this point, teams that are coming off back-to-backs, and they can't even close a deal on on three of them. And now they have December stretch, where they're facing basically most of the Eastern Conference's best teams. Yeah.
1: I just can't see it. Like, I just... I, well, I, don't, I don't. I don't even think we can. We should watch the Celtics game when they come to LA. The Celtics no. are going to beat them by like thirty. That's the, the best. Celtics, team in the Celtics, by NBA. the way, by far, by far, they have the best offensive rating. And I hate saying that because I'm a Lakers fan, obviously. Right. But I would be surprised if they don't at least, you know, get to the Eastern Conference Finals, take Milwaukee seven games. They win are. The NBA they are the consensus
3: favorite right now. Bucks are obviously a, 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 like a contender. They're they're probably for most people the consensus number two and number one. Don't count count out Cleveland, though, either. Yeah, no,
2: I'm actually going to that Celtics... uh uh, Clipper game. Well, you mean oh, Lakers Clippers game? game? Oh, oh no, Clippers. no, I'm going to the Clippers. Please, Lakers. We'll talk about them too. <laughs> um, There's yeah. only one contender in LA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, um, guys, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're, we're going to be joined by Grant Mona and talk plenty more um, about the Lakers, obviously, and also about the Clippers when we come back on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1. And AM 760 in Hawaii
0: We'll be right back With the Arash Markazi Show On the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Guys, just as a reminder, we say this every day, but please, please, please call into the hotline and please, please, please email us. Um... If you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call the hotline at 310-400-0340 and email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Okay, moving on. Let's go to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in southern california las vegas and hawaii no paywalls no ads no autoplay videos just your teams and a clean reading experience from the best uh, in southern california Uh, visit thesportingtribune.com today let's get to our guests our good friend mr grant mona grant
4: how you doing i'm doing good there's so much sports on right now we're just having, me and Brandon. we're just having a conversation at six fantasy teams and i just forget to set the lineup for every one of them because there's so much going on like, okay I'm i got to you today but are you sure are you sure yeah. you are you
1: sure you want to keep valanchunas on the bench i was looking at your team you want to start all the clippers sure. instead <laughs> I, I agree with that. Uh,
0: yeah
4: i i i like norman powell and, and john wall today better than valanchunas That's did wall I'm play trying. yesterday no, he did not. He did, no, right? He's playing like, today. Yeah, dude, you know, today, I'll, I'll,
1: tell you, I'll tell you this, Grant, and that's my boy, Jason Preston, who I made a whole yeah, TikTok yeah. about, um, about his story and how he came, you know, he was a journalist and he had that AAU tournament, if people, our listeners don't know it. He was, wasn't recruited, went to a post-grad year, got the Ohio scholarship. Now he's on the Clippers, a G League star, but, you know, still mm-hmm. just 22 years old. High IQ basketball player. And I think we saw yesterday. He's got a little bit of a jumper too. I know he only played five, six minutes, but... Grant, tell me about the depth of this Clippers team, even with five people out. And we know Norman Powell is going to go off on a nightly basis, but Reggie Jackson with 12. I mean, Reggie Jackson had a master class, 24 points, 12 assists. This is the team we've been talking about. The three and D, you know, wing stop, right? Nine, 10 teams. Your Clippers are clicking on all cylinders. Tell us about the depth.
4: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say clicking on all cylinders. I think probably like if it's a six cylinder, they're probably clicking on like four of the six, which is enough for me um, because you know this team that they showed last night why you get all that depth right you have four guys out you had John Wall out Luke Kennard people are just you know people say Kawhi and PG are out Luke Kennard's been a really good player for them and he's not really mentioned in those in that group of injured players who's really crucial to the team he was out John Wall both of the stars obviously like usual Kawhi and PG are out but um, you know, that depth really proved it. Norman Powell had 22 in the fourth alone. He outscored the Blazers' entire team in the fourth quarter by himself, which is insane. I mean, Norman Powell is known for going on, you know, you know starting off slow to start seasons um, and then coming on strong. And I kind of see why. Like, we didn't have him the full year last year as a Clipper fan, and this year we do. I, I'm kind of seeing, you know, why people say that. He started off really, really bad. But since then, he's been awesome. You know, he's averaging – uh, 18 points a game since then. Over the last three weeks, um, he had 32 last night. This this Clipper team, you know, they inserted Robert Covington. Robert Covington was barely getting any minutes. They said, "Okay, Roko, go play against your former team." He put up 15 off the bench on like four of six shooting, I think, um, and he played great defense. The big the big key that a lot of Clipper fans are talking about, and there's a lot of buzz around, is Musa Diabate. And, and Brandon, you know this as, as a basketball fan. Musa Diabate is that switchable big that they've wanted. I don't know why he hasn't been playing over Moses Brown. Moses Brown got some minutes yesterday, but it was it was inevitable that Musa Diabate would take that backup spot because he was switching onto Jeremy Grant. He would switch from Jeremy Grant onto Justice Winslow, guard him, get some blocks. You know, he was his energy was infectious. It kind of changed that whole game from the like three minute mark of the third quarter on to the end of the game. He played the entirety of that. And he played the entirety of the fourth quarter completely changed the energy of that game. And, you know, you saw that's why the Clippers got all this depth. It wasn't just Reggie Jackson. It wasn't just Norm Powell. It was Terrence Mann, Nicholas Batum, Musa Diabata, even Jason Preston, like you said, came in in the first half, played a really good ball, made a three, got his first career points. Congrats to him. And, you know, this is why they got this depth so that when the guys are out, they can play against great, you know, good teams. I wouldn't say the Portland Trailblazers are great yet good teams and beat them still and compete with these teams so yeah that's that's why they got all this that's why Jerry West and and Lawrence Frank put this together like this
1: so we were talking about this before you went on air Grant but tell us your four best if you were to pick right now your Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals because I'll give you mine New Orleans and that's a hot take New Orleans over Denver right now I don't know if it's a hot take. Ooh. New Orleans, New Orleans, it's Memphis. Not, it's not hot take. New Orleans, Memphis, Golden State, and the Clippers, and then in the East, I have the Raptors. That's a hot take. Cleveland, that's not a hot take.
2: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> 10, that's a hot take. 10,
1: 10 3 and D wings. They got great defense. Don't no, touch yourself, Brandon. Keep uh, <laughs> the Raptors, um, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Boston.
4: Yeah, I mean, you have you know kind of what I like, but you know I, I think that Dallas. I know Dallas is playing really bad right now. But we you know, we, we were saying the same thing about Dallas last year, where it's like, oh, can these guys fit around Luka? Can they make shots? You know, Reggie Bullock's playing terrible. Spencer Dinwiddie, is that fit okay? And they ended up going to the Western Conference Finals. And I know there's a lot of things that, that happened that let them get to the Western Conference Finals. You know, they played the Jazz with Gobert and Mitchell, which, was, you know, Luka was out for a good portion of that series, and they still got there. I wouldn't rule them out just yet. Um, but you've got, you've got kind of the cream of the crop, right? You got Golden State, Phoenix. I still think Phoenix is really, really good. People wrote them off, Brandon. I, I think you wrote them off too, but they're still a very, very good team. So Phoenix, Golden State, Golden State, even though they lost last night, they played a hell of a game. Um, the Clippers are, are, I think, one of the best teams in the league still just because of the fact that even without their stars, they can bring those stars back and, and kind of reincorporate them pretty well. Um, you know, and, and like you said, in the East, there's so many teams that are doing so well. Like Both conferences right now are just at the point where you can plug and play any of them into contender status, and they'll probably be in there. Um, I still believe in the Sixers. I know a lot of people are off on the Sixers, but I still believe that with Joel Embiid and with James Harden. They can beat some of the contenders. I'm not saying they will, but you got to put them in there at least because because of that. They have that star. And Carlos Maki's not even playing right now. They're playing without the three stars. I should, Tyrus Maxey, in my opinion, is a star. He's a team. star. He's really good. He's a um, star. So, yeah, yeah. You know, So you, you got the Sixers in there. I don't think the Heat will be back there. The Heat are, are injury-laden. I, I just don't think that they have what it takes this year. I mean, especially with the Celtics and the Bucks playing as great as they are. The Celtics are far and away the best team in the league, um, which is, you know, I think I expected it. A lot of people wrote them off because of the, the whole Emei Yudoka situation, but, you know, their the roster was still incredibly talented. Um, and then Toronto, I love your Toronto pick. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people even here are going to question that. But like you said, Brandon, the Toronto Raptors have a lot of wing depth. But my problem with them is the same thing with the Clippers. The Clippers and Raptors are very, very similar with how, how they operate. They have a lot of wing depth. They have a lot of guys that are long and can guard a lot of positions, but they can't stay healthy for a lot of the time. Fred Van Fleet's been out of the lineup. Siakam's been out. He just came back. You, know, you have a lot of question marks with their health and who's going to be in there when the time comes. And I think that's why I'm kind of leaving them out for now, just for now. I mean, look, you know, like G.A. said, it would have we're only a quarter of the way through the season. A lot can happen. I mean, we, we didn't even think some of the teams that would be in the playoffs last year, we didn't even think the Pelicans would be a play-in team last year, and they were in You know, the, the playoffs. They actually made the playoffs last year at this point. You know, we kind of wrote them off. So there's a lot of teams that you got to just kind of wait and see about. Like I know people are, are – getting on the Lakers for being so bad, but the the Pelicans were three and 16 last year and made the play in like, and this year it's even closer. Like the Lakers are five and a half out of the one seed. Like that's, that's actually insane for how bad they they started. So I'm not counting anybody out, but I like your, your Raptors and Pelicans picks because depth is important. We saw that last year. The Celtics and the Warriors had great depth and the Pelicans, the Clippers and the Raptors have great depth. So it's going to pay dividends in the playoffs.
1: All right, Grant, give me the top five MVP candidates, in your opinion, one through five, so far this season. Five people? Uh, I got
4: five. Yeah, like NBA.com. I mean, five, Maybe three. Five is tough, but I'll give you I'll give you Jason Tatum. I'll give you Devin Booker just because I know a lot of voters love Devin Booker. I know a lot of people don't really like Devin Booker in the Suns. A lot of people here on this panel don't really either. Do but, you like Devin uh, Booker? I, I'm
2: assuming that you do. No, he clearly does he I, puts uh, him in the MVP discussion. They don't. Okay, well, then put in, your, but, put in your MVP. Don't put in whatever. everybody yeah, Devin else Booker thinks. ain't winning okay.
1: MVP, bro. And we know death taxes and the Suns choke, and okay. they have Chris Paul on their team. They're not going to the finals. They I'm going to Tatum,
4: Tatum, Luca, Giannis. I know Embiid's probably going to have to be in there. He might After not have that, enough you games. Can, you can kind of go Dark Horse. You can maybe go, if Donovan Mitchell keeps this up, maybe him. If the Kings are somehow a playoff team, you can throw Deere and Fox in there maybe. So there's a lot of guys that you can kind of have as dark horse contenders. Nobody from the Clippers is going to make it. I don't Steph Curry. I mean if if Steph Curry continues at this pace where he's better than his 2015-2016 season, you got to put him in the, in that top 5. I mean there, there's no doubt about it.
2: No, I mean I agree with the Steph Curry thing especially considering what he has done in his past what he's doing in his future. Like you can't really debate that. Um Yeah. Quick question for you about the Clippers' And their depth. Um, You mentioned that if Portland played, and I'm doing what ifs because obviously Clippers already won the game, we're already past this, whatever. But if Portland played with Dame, and do the Clippers still win the game that they just played?
4: No, no, I I don't think so. But but there is a good point that uh, Charles Barkley made on Inside the NBA. He goes, you know, if you take all the stars out, which he didn't take all of them out, you know, you saw Jeremy Grant who went for over 30 points, and Anthony, Anthony Simons went for 37. Those guys, in my opinion, are, are kind of like fringe stars. Those guys are becoming stars. Um, if you take all the stars off both teams, the Clippers have a better bench and a better 5-10 through 10 than the Blazers do. And they have a better 5-10 through 10 than some starting lineups, which is why you get all this depth. And I think that if you put Damian Lillard in the lineup, obviously you're going to get another 25-30 piece. We're probably not going to win that game because stars win games in this league. We all know that. Um, and in the Clippers' instance, maybe maybe not, but um, it, in most cases, stars win games. So if you, if you have a fully healthy Blazers lineup, I still think they'd beat the Clippers. But you know they didn't, and the Clippers five through ten is better than the Blazers five through ten. And it's better than a lot of teams one through five, honestly. So you know you have Batum playing in, in garbage time. You have Norman Powell playing in garbage time sometimes. So it's like those guys can be starters on some teams. So that's. That's where I see it.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. Moving forward for tonight's game, Clippers play the Jazz uh, in Utah. What do you see
4: happening? Um, it, it's tough on a, on the second night of a back to back. You know, the, there's another thing going on here. I, I wanted to mention besides the, the Clippers and the Lakers schedules line up so well, don't they? Like the Clippers play a team on the first night of a back to back, and then the Lakers get them on the second night of a back to back. Either at home or on the road, it's kind of weird how those schedules how line up. It's just, yeah, how convenient that is. And they still lose there. But uh, yeah, I know it's kind of funny that they still it's the, lost It's going to be the 15th. it's going to be the 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coincidentally, so, uh, you know, the, the Clippers on a back-to-back—they're usually never good. But this team, I can never say if they're in or out. I mean, that John Wall will be back. I—I I would say rest, Reggie Jackson. I don't think they will, just because Reggie's played in a lot of the games this year, even when he's hurt. So, you know, you'll have John Wall back. You'll have kind of a reinforcement there. Um, but the more intriguing matchup today for me is the Lakers and the Blazers. Both teams coming off of double digit losses, losses where they're up by double digits late into the game and lost. Both teams coming off a loss. It's going to be a very highly competitive matchup, in my opinion, with, with the Lakers and the Blazers. It's going to be at Staples, excuse me, crypto.com. I don't sure. even know if it'll be that any longer. Oh, I can't wait till um, that thing
2: gets down. It's going to be a year yeah. Give it a year. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and um, you know th- that game I think is the most intriguing one to me between the Clippers-Jazz and, and Lakers-Blazers. I think that game is going to be very competitive. So it's going to be tough for the Clippers going against a Jazz team that lost five in a row. They're kind of on a skid. They're kind of reverting back to their tanking uh, philosophy. But, yeah, I-, I think the Clippers will keep it close like they usually do. And, uh, you know, we'll see from there. But the Lakers and-, and the Blazers is my intriguing one. While I do agree short-term
3: Lakers-Blazers will be a more entertaining game, For the Clippers, I mean, do you feel like the current rotations as they stand, do you feel like they're benefiting them if they make a playoff run or they actually enter the playoffs? For me personally, I thought Reggie Jackson, when he played more off-ball, that was, like, where they were most successful. When, like, they had Mm -hmm. that John Wall-Reggie Jackson lineup, that was, like, the lineup of death. Like, they had a great transitional team. I I don't know Mm -hmm. what they want to do with their roles. They told, like, Norman Powell he could be sixth man of the year, but he's obviously a starter-caliber player. I mean, like, for you— Potentially, what rotations do you feel like is the best fit for this team? Because there's so much
4: depth. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's tough right now because Ty Lu's the kind of guy that makes so many adjustments where you don't even know if there is a solid rotation. Right. And, you know, with the stars out, it's kind of tough to know. You know, these guys are playing so well right now, but then you got to understand, like, when when Luke Kennard comes back, where is he going to fit into that? Is he going to start? Is he going to be on the bench? You know, When Paul George mm-hmm. and Kawhi come back, is who's going to be pushed to the bench? Is it going to be Terrence Mann? Um, is it going to, you know, Amir Coffee is probably going to be pushed to the bench. He's been playing great, too. Mm-hmm. So I do like the fact that Pai Lu put in the young guys, Jason Preston, Musa Diabate. Let them ride, not Jason Preston, but let Musa Diabate ride out that second half, ride that wave. Zubat didn't even play in the fourth quarter, and he had 30 and almost 30 exactly. last game. That kind of shows you, you know, the rotations are just kind of up in flux. And even Nicholas Batum, you know, a couple, before the season started, he said, it, we're not going to figure things out probably until Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. Christmas is the one where we're probably going to have our rotation set. Right now, they're just, you know, Tyler's just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Like, Musa Diabate, he's just like, get out there, go play. What happened? Provided energy, provide some blocks, provide some key plays. Maybe that's something they can use in rotations down the stretch. Maybe that's something they can use in the future when you're saying, okay, should we trade for Miles Turner? No, we have Musa Diabate, who's a switchable five. That we don't need to trade any assets for. So I think right now they're just figuring out the rotations and kind of going on the fly. I think Tyloo is the best at that: on the fly adjustments, in game adjustments, and just kind of moving forward with that until everyone's healthy. And I think you know towards April, March, April, you'll kind of see like tightened up minutes, tightened up rotations. But Tyloo's done this for the the three years that he's been with the Clippers. All right, Grant. Big game Friday
1: for the USC Trojans win, and they're in the college Ooh, yeah. football playoff. This is a tough matchup. I think most people understand that, like us. I'm going to be very mad if we don't if we can't watch the game together on Friday. I'm really <laughs> hoping we can watch the game together. Um, we'll but, be
4: tearing our hair out, both of us. We yeah, won't even be
1: watching. I'll we'll order some pizza. We'll have a nice time. We'll hopefully watch a win if we lose man, hopefully we make some money betting on that game. But uh, (laughs) what I will say is this is a tough matchup. What do you expect to see from USC and what are they going to need to do to defeat Utah, who is a very tough team to beat? Obviously, they couldn't beat them in Utah early on this season.
4: Yeah, I mean, Utah's a tough out. You know, a lot of people wrote them off after their last loss, but Utah's one of those teams where you get King K's an insane talent, you know, and and Utah's got a gritty, very gritty team. You know, for USC, what you got to do I, I I still think the USC offense is awesome, right? I mean, the last game that, they, you know, the game that they lost against Utah, they lost by one point, but the game was in the 40s. You know, the, the combined points are like 90-plus, which is, you know, something that you can't really have happen this time around. If you're USC, you got you know, obviously your offense is going to be great. You know, Jordan Addison, Caleb Williams, they're always on the same page. Um, but the defense has to cause turnovers again. They have to keep... They have to play like they did against Notre Dame. I mean, I going up against Notre Dame, I didn't. I had a lot of questions about the USC defense. Would they step up? Would they get those turnovers? Would they slow down that run game? And they did, man. They, they played awesome for, for a majority of that game. And that's the kind of USC defense we need to see on Friday. They, this is the biggest game of their lives in some of these guys' cases. To get to the CFB playoff, the number four right now, the rankings just came out yesterday. Um, in order to keep that four spot, you got to win. And you got to find any way to win. And, and Like I said, the offense isn't the problem. The defense is what needs to step up. They need to, you know, not contain Kincaid. You can't really contain guys that are insanely talented, but you got to kind of limit what they can do offensively. You know, Utah's, like I said, a gritty team. They're going to come out with a a lot of fire. It's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be loud. It's going to be, you know, a big stage. So USC has to, you know, calm their nerves. I I have full confidence in Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams to kind of weather the storm and, and calm the nerves, they're, they're some of the best in the nation to do that, so their offense is going to be fine, the defense is what's going to need to pick up, they're going to need to create turnovers, need to contain guys and, and you know, limit them as much as possible just to, to give their offense a chance.
1: Hey Grant, it looks like the Lions will get a top five pick if the Rams continue to lose. I wanted I wanted to throw that out there just cause you yeah, know, but they won a Super Bowl, so it was worth it. Yeah. At the same yeah. time question mark, question mark. Who are the five best I ask you this question every week. Who are Grant Mona's like Stephen A's top five teams? Grant Mona's top five teams in the NFL. We have one minute and thirty seconds.
4: I'm going to go Chiefs number one because the Chiefs are just insane. I don't know. I mean, the Rams actually played them kind of well, which is crazy. They kind of had an off day. But I'd still say the Chiefs number one. I'm going with the Niners number two. Brandon, you're going to love that. The Niners are number two, (laughs) in my opinion. I'm going with the Eagles three. And I still think that the Bills are a top five team. A lot of people kind of think that the Dolphins are better. Eagles over uh, Bills, huh?
3: What about yes, Cincinnati yes, and their so run? Not yet, not yet. He's, he's
4: on four. On four. Know, okay, okay. okay, okay, I, okay. I'm, not, on four. I'm not putting the Bengals in my top five yet, but I'm going to go, uh, you know, obviously I got the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They're, they're awesome. Jalen Hurts is awesome. He's the offensive player of the week. Um, the Bills, obviously great. But I think the Niners right now are the most talented team, in my opinion. I think they're far and away the most talented team on defense. They can stifle you on defense. Their offense with McCaffrey is looked completely different than last year. This is the most talented team that the Niners have had in a long time. Even their Super Bowl run team, I think it's the, the best team. Um, and you know, you know, DJ, you did say the Bengals, but for the Bengals, it's a big game this week. They play the Chiefs, I believe. Um, if they can rematch, you know, compete with the Chiefs, they did beat them last year. But the Chiefs are a different team this year. You know, they don't have Tyreek Hill. They do have Juju Smith-Schuster now, and a, a lot of guys that are filling in gaps. The Bengals, I don't know. I'm I keeping them out of my top five, but solid three. Bills, Chiefs, uh, Eagles, and Niners. That's my top four.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe a uh, whatever mention, no, like a sideline mention or something like that. Not over Miami. No? Not all over right, Miami. Fine.
4: All right, well, Miami. Eh, a lot of questions. All right,
2: well, well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow, and then we will see you next week, Grant. Until then, this is the Rosh Marikazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
4: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a
0: five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.